Welcome to the Namaste Glowed Up podcast. I'm Monique Christine, a former party queen turned life coach, and each week I'll be giving you tips and strategies to help you grow your glow from the inside out. Thank you for sharing some time, space, and energy with me today. And now, my dear darling, without further ado, let us get into your daily dose of glow up goodness. Namaste, my love. Monique Christine here, founder of GlowUpWithMC.com, and I just so happen to be your most favorite spiritual life coach, helping you go from burnt out to glowed up. So we are continuing our 30 Days of Mental Health series, and today we are talking about the impact that the pandemic has had on our mental health, because the truth is we've all been impacted, whether we want to admit it or not. We've got facts and figures for you. I've got some charts to show you. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right in. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and ring that bell so you get notifications every time I upload something you new. You're not gonna wanna miss all of the good stuff that I've got for you. Not just with this mental health series, but everything else that I have for you. And make sure you look below. I have links for you, ways for you to support your mental health. Okay, cool. So like I said, today we're talking about the effect that the pandemic has had on our mental health. March 2nd of this year, 2022, if you're watching this at a later date, uh, March 2nd of this year, the World Health Organization, the WHO, you know, we talked about them on Monday, uh, <laughs> excuse me, on day one, two days ago, um, the, they released a brief sharing that the first year of the pandemic led to a 25% increase of anxiety and depression across the globe. Yesterday, I was focused more on just the US, but today we're going to talk more worldly, okay? Because we're all in this together. Yes, we are. All right. So, does that surprise you? It does not surprise me. And I'm gonna share why. This is due to multiple stress factors, okay? Again, I've got my notes, not being rude, just being thorough. So stress factors like social isolation, you know? We couldn't connect with one another physically. Um, and then attached to that social isolation were the limits on people's ability to work, to find support from loved ones and to engage in their communities. You know, people couldn't go to the gym, you couldn't go to church, you couldn't go volunteer like at a soup kitchen or whatever. Like we all were stuck inside and a, a great deal of us did not know what to do. People freaked the hell out. I can't say I blame any of us, right? So. Other stress factors, loneliness, fear of infection, right? No one wants to get it. I know I don't want it, right? Suffering and death. So the fear of infection, the fear of suffering, the fear of death for oneself and your loved ones. So not only were you worried about yourself, like for me, you know, every time I went to the grocery store, it was like playing Russian roulette. I was worried about myself. I was worried about bringing something back into the house with my son who at that time was not able to get protected. You know what I mean? 
So, um, and at that time there was no protection for us, right? So it, it was a terrifying time. It's a little better now, but it's still not 100%. Okay, and then there were other stress factors like grief after bereavement. So now you've lost someone, the hundreds of thousands of people or millions of people that died, you know, they left behind friends, family, loved ones. And we're left to pick up the pieces. And then even those who didn't necessarily die from that, but maybe died during the beginning of the pandemic, where you couldn't be with them. Like for me, my dad passed away March 22nd of 2020, and I could not be there in the hospital with him. He was alone. His family wasn't in town, like the rest of his family, his siblings and stuff. But even if they came in town, they still couldn't be there with him. So people, they weren't given closure. We couldn't then have a funeral because it wasn't safe because, you know, all of his friends and family, they're older, they have health disparities, um, health conditions. So it, it, it was a lot. And I know that I'm not alone in this. Countless other souls had to deal with this same thing. And there's almost a certain level of trauma that comes along with that because you don't get to have a normal, normal kind of grieving process. It's just like, like my cousin and I, when we picked up my dad's urn, we did like a makeshift kind of funeral right there in the parking lot, in the parking lot with my dad, his urn on the, on the trunk of my car. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's fucked up, yo, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but in addition to that, there's also financial worries that people have had to deal with, okay? And all of this has led to that increase in anxiety and depression. And then our health workers, for them, exhaustion was a major trigger and and still continues to be a major trigger for suicidal thinking suicidal ideation went way up amongst everyone okay so the hardest hit as far as mental health goes during the pandemic is women and children but i'm also going to throw in there the frontline workers because they were the ones risking their lives, having to see things and deal with things that the rest of us could only imagine. We got like censored versions through the news, but these people were seeing it up front, up close, and literally were risking their lives every single day. So back to the women and children, the pandemic has affected the mental health of young people, okay? And they are disproportionately at risk of suicidal and self-harming behaviors because they don't have all of the coping skills that we have. They haven't been around long enough to kind of learn how to bounce back. You know, this, this is their first go round and they're dealing with the pandemic. They've now been shut off for their from their friends, from their other family members. I know my son, it was really, really getting to him that we couldn't see other family members, that he couldn't go outside. He's always gone to school online, but 
he never had that limitation where he couldn't go outside until it wasn't safe to go outside and then here he was just stuck in the house and you know I'm leaving to go to the store because I have to or any other errands that I just had to run and he's still in the house you know my mom and I were kind of rotating so that he would never be here alone and I, I can't imagine staying in the house for two years, but he pretty much stayed in the house for two years. So, yikes. Women have been more severely impacted than men because women had to figure out what to do with the kids. You still have to take care of them, you still have to pay the bills, but now you don't have that out of home childcare so what are you gonna do your kids can't go to school you can't go to work because you can't leave them at home alone depending on their age so yeah it definitely hit women hardest and then think about all the single parents where it's just them and and they're isolated from their support system i'm blessed to live in the house with my mom but if we weren't in the same home to keep her safe, I wouldn't be able to see her. So it would just be me and the kid in the house all the time. And that would be so incredibly stressful unless I sent the kid to just go stay with his grandmother. So, you know, so many people have had their lives. We've all had our lives flipped upside down. Some much more drastically than others, but it's hit all of us, okay? Then you have to think about um, the people with pre-existing physical health conditions like asthma and cancer and heart disease. They were actually more likely to develop symptoms of mental disorders, which we talked about yesterday, mental health disorders. So that has increased. Not only has poor mental health increased and anxiety and depression and suicidal ideation, but now you have people who are developing these mental health disorders like depression, depression, anxiety, um, psychoses, um, mood disorders. I mean, so many things have impacted all of us. So, Here's something that I didn't know, and I'm curious to know if you knew this. When people with pre-existing mental disorders, like your anxiety, your depression, your OCD, PTSD, psychoses, stuff like that, while they're not more susceptible to the vid itself, they are, when they become infected, more likely to suffer hospitalization, severe illness, and death compared with people that don't have mental disorders. I didn't know that, but it makes perfect sense because your mind is running the whole show. So if you get the vid and you have disorders of the mind where, you know, normal life without a pandemic is a lot to deal with but then you add a pandemic you add this sickness this thing that none of us really know what it is or what it's going to do we don't know like um how long you're going to deal with lingering effects if, if this is going to impact you for the rest of your life 
if you don't have that strong mental, then your your body will decline. And so yeah, that's that's why it makes perfect sense. So yeah, let me know if if that surprised you or if anything that I've shared surprised you. And then the people with more severe mental disorders like psychoses and young people with mental disorders are particularly at risk of suffering the hospitalization, severe illness, and death if they contract the virus, okay? Now, many adults, they have reported specific negative impacts on their mental health and well-being. 36% reported difficulty sleeping. Insomnia is up, girl, making that comeback. Eating difficulties, 32%. Um, increases in the alcohol consumption or substance abuse, that went up 12%, and worsening chronic conditions like cancer, diabetes, other things like that, that went up 12% due to worrying and stress about COVID. Stress can absolutely impact your, your chronic conditions. It can impact your diabetes, your blood sugar, it can impact your cancer, whether or not your body can or cannot heal. When you stay in a constant state of stress, your body is not able to heal. It's not able to relax, okay? Now this next figure blew my mind and then we're gonna move over to our graphics, okay? Our charts. So 18% of individuals, including people with and without a past psych psychiatric <laughs> diagnosis who were diagnosed with the vid, they were later diagnosed with a mental health disorder. 18% of people, something like anxiety or mood disorders. And then your older adults, they're also more vulnerable to severe illness from the vid and they experienced increased levels of anxiety and depression during the pandemic. So like I said, it has impacted all of us in differing ways, varying ways, but we've all been impacted. So now I wanna share my screen with you and let's actually look at some statistics because numbers don't lie, boo. All right, so the first figure <laughs> that I wanna show you, this one that we're looking at, this is the average share of adults reporting symptoms of anxiety disorder and or depressive disorder and this is january to june of 2019 versus january of 2021 so on the left in the blue this 11 percent this is that 2019 figure 11 percent okay but then we jump to january 2021 and that has gone up to 41.1%, almost half of adults in January of 2021. So still the first year of the pandemic were reporting symptoms of anxiety and or depression. So let's take a look at adults reporting anxiety or depressive disorder during the pandemic we're gonna get a little more specific we started with that 11 versus the 41.1 percent so anxiety disorder 35.8 percent of adults had symptoms of anxiety disorder 28.4 percent 
have symptoms of depressive disorder. And 41.1%, this is where you get the anxiety and or the depressive disorder. And these figures, this is just from the very beginning of January, 2021. So now we're gonna look at that breakdown by age. So as you can see, the young adults they were most impacted. More than half of them, ages 18 to 24, reported the anxious or depressive symptoms. Then we move up to the adults, 25 to 49. It goes down a little bit, but it's just below half of all of us, age 25 to 49, which is my age group, okay? Moving up, now we're at adults 50 to 64. This is 39.1%, that's still very high, okay? And then adults 65 and up, that's 29.3%, super high. But as we can see, the most impacted, that's gonna be those young adults. So give them a break, okay? <laughs> They're dealing with a lot, we're all dealing with a lot, okay. So now we're gonna look at those who have reported the anxious and depressive symptoms based on household job loss status. So as we can see, um, and this is since March 13, 2020, as we can see, those who suffered some sort of job loss within their household, 53, more than half of those households, those families, have reported these symptoms. For those who didn't have to deal with losing a job, it's still 31.8%. So like I said, none of us have come through this thing totally unscathed. Now we're gonna look at those numbers uh, who say worry or stress related to COVID has had a negative impact on their mental health based on household income, okay? So first we can see those, all right, so the dark blue is gonna be the major negative impact. The lighter blue is a minor negative impact. So the, I don't wanna say the poorest households, but the households on the lower, lower spectrum, the lower end of the spectrum, there we go, 35% of those making less than 40K a year it's had a major negative impact on them. For those 40K to 89K a year, it now goes down to 21%, but it's still high, okay? And then 90K and up, now we're down to 17%. Because if you think about those who are making more, they can afford the luxury of staying home of doing things from home, having their food delivered to their home, having childcare come to their house, or traveling to the grandparents and to stay with the grandparents or being able to move the grandparents in so that they do have that additional support. But those with fewer resources, they have had the most to worry about because they're not just worried about their health, but they're worried about trying to make it through each day, trying to make ends meet, trying to still get shit done with all of the limitations in place. Remember when I said that women and children 
especially women, were impacted more than men. We see it right here. So now we're looking at the adults in households with children based on the gender. So this is going to be women in households with children versus men in households with children. For almost half of the women, 49.3% have reported the symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder, okay? For the men, it drops by 9%. 40.3 so again we're also impacted I'm not saying no one has is is I'm not saying no one has been impacted but it's important to see who has been hit the hardest okay and maybe we can have a little bit of patience and a little bit of grace and a little bit of support for these individuals because they're dealing with a lot more we're all dealing with a lot they're dealing with a lot more. So now we're gonna look at the breakdown based on race and ethnicity. So other non-Hispanic, okay? 48.9%. Non-Hispanic black, 48%. So black people that are not Hispanic, 48% of us stress the fuck out, okay? Moving to the brown community, the Hispanics and the Latinos, that only goes down by like 1.7% and we're at 46.3% of them. All adults, it's 42.4, okay? So our black and brown communities, those are hit even harder because we know that the pandemic was hitting them harder because of the health disparities. Black and brown people tend to have poorer health because they have less access to adequate health care. Black women are more likely to die during childbirth than white women are. It's just a fact. So we have to take all this stuff into account, okay? Non-Hispanic white, it goes down to 40.9%. It's still significant. And then non-Hispanic Asian, 33.1%. But honestly, I'm expecting that non-Hispanic Asian number to be much higher because they have had to deal with all of the hate and attacks, right? So we're gonna look at the numbers among essential and non-essential workers as far as adults go who've reported mental distress and substance use because we know that substance use and abuse definitely went up. This is just from June 2020. These numbers I expect to be much, much, much higher. So the dark blue, that's your essential workers. The light blue, that's your non-essential workers. So the symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder 42% of essential workers, and again, this was only June of 2020, and we know how many stories we were hearing about frontline workers taking their own lives. They just couldn't deal with it anymore. They're still continuing to. We're not hearing, it, hearing about it so much in droves like we were, but it's still happening every single day, and they are still having these suicidal ideations, okay? For non-essential workers, as far as the anxiety and depressive disorder goes, that went down to 30%, but 30% of anything is a lot, okay? Started 
or increased substance use to cope with the stress and emotions related to the pandemic. 25% of essential workers either started or increased their substance use. Okay. Of the non-essentials, it went up 11%, still significant. And then let's go to the suicide because we can't ignore that. Within the past 30 days, in June 2020, 22% of essential workers considered suicide. 22% of anything is way too much, especially when it comes to suicide. For non-essential workers, it went down to 8%. But still, 8% of anything is, is significant, okay? So we've all been impacted. We've all been hit. So I want to know, if, if you care to share, how have you been impacted during this time? Do you feel that your mental health has suffered? This can be a very personal thing, so I totally understand if you don't want to let me know in the comments. You're more than welcome to email me. I will gladly open every single email and read what you have to say. So go ahead and email me if you like at glowupwithmc at gmail.com. I'll make sure I put it on the screen for you. So how can we work on improving our mental health? Now that we see the numbers, we see the statistics, what can we do? Well, you can do something as simple as exercising. You Exercising is actually a great way to um, lower anxiety and to help to lower those depressive feelings as well. Make sure you get enough sleep. We know that people weren't getting enough sleep. You want to get enough sleep. If you exercise, then you'll, it'll be easier for you to go to sleep at night, okay? Make sure that you're getting regular physical activity. Gotta move that body, okay? Not only can it help to reduce, an, reduce, reduce anxiety and improve your mood, but it also helps to keep you healthy, okay? We know that one of the things that, that made people more susceptible um, is poor health. So exercising is one way to improve your health. Make sure that you're eating the right things, okay? If you're eating a whole bunch of junk, your body is just gonna feel like bleh, okay? And so is your mind. Always think when you're eating that you're feeding your mind because literally the nutrients from your food is going into your blood and it's circulating all throughout your body. And this is how your brain is getting food, brain food. I know my kid, he had testing earlier today and the teachers kept saying, make sure that you eat a healthy breakfast, feed that brain, okay? So make sure that you're feeding your brain and your body the right stuff. Avoid tobacco, alcohol, and drugs. I know it's not easy, but one thing that you can do is find a healthy behavior to swap in. So every time you wanna smoke a cigarette, maybe you journal. Maybe you drink a glass of water instead, eight ounces of water. Most of us are dehydrated anyway. You want to be drinking at least a gallon of water every single day. So again, if you are living this healthy lifestyle, there's really not room there's not tons of room for you to like F things up and totally get off track 
or to even be a hater because you're so busy doing your healthy thing, okay? Um, same with alcohol and drugs, you know, instead of having a cocktail, maybe make a mocktail, okay? You can still make an alcohol-free beverage that looks amazing. And drugs, instead of, um, instead of getting high, go exercise, go meditate. Maybe you start taking CBD. I know that that's something that I did. CBD is the part of the cannabis plant that does not get you high, but it will help to relax your mood. It also helps to treat pain. It helps you, it helps to alleviate stress. Um, CBD is amazing. I'll do um, some videos in the future about CBD. Let me know if, if you're curious and I'll be happy to give you more info and to share with you the CBD that I use. Um, it's potent, but it's good. And like I said, it doesn't make you feel high. So you're able to get stuff done without feeling super, super stressed and all of that. Okay. Uh, limit your screen time. Okay. I'm not telling you not to watch the news. Please be informed, but take breaks. Okay. You don't have to watch the news from the time you wake up until the time you go to sleep. Maybe you catch up on the news for an hour before you go to bed. So you're kind of getting the highlights of the whole day. Maybe you check in when you wake up, you check in midday, and then you check in at night. But all of that other time, you're doing other things, okay? And relax and recharge. It's important that you relax. You gotta relax. You have to make time for yourself. To do nothing and I am a card-carrying member of the group where it feels weird not doing anything okay you feel guilty you're like kind of talking shit to yourself like you know what you are such a slacker you should be doing something in this time what if the thing that you should be doing is nothing you can't just go 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 all the time that's how you get burnt out even I got burnt out during the pandemic, <clears throat> excuse me, because my dad died at the beginning of the pandemic. I wasn't able to be there with him. We couldn't do the, the proper grieving thing. Then I'm stuck in the house, you know, and we don't know what's gonna happen. And then I'm just working, trying to cope with my dad dying, not taking any breaks. The money's flowing in and it's getting good, but I'm not creating time for myself. And I got burnt out. And then I had to just stop. So listen when it's a whisper before it gets to a screen. I didn't listen when it was a whisper. Please don't do what I did. Make time to relax and recharge. I now give myself one day off. <laughs> I try to, um, but if I can't give myself a full day off because I run my own businesses, um, then I will give myself lighter days. Wednesdays are light days for me. Mondays are light days for me. Saturday, I don't post on social because I need time to not. I need time to not. Okay. So that I can breathe and just bring it down. So you want to make sure that you do that. 
So I've got something perfect for you, a seven day trial to my on-demand virtual studio. And since we've already been sharing screens, I'm gonna go ahead and give you a really quick peek at my website and my virtual studio so you can get an idea of what you would be enjoying. All right, so let me find us and just gonna share screen again. All right, so this is my website, glowupwithmc.com. So when you come here, to make it nice and simple, you can just click this white button, watch on demand, and it will take you to my on demand library, or you can come to classes on demand library, okay? Just in case that button ever moves. Yes, you enjoy your first week free. I've got meditations galore. We've got yin yoga galore, 29 day yin yoga challenge. We've got an entire yin yoga collection. If you're brand new to meditating, you want to start here. This is a seven, this is seven different meditations that as you can see, seven minutes, six minutes, eight minutes, eight minutes. They're short. They're short. They're between five and eight minutes long. You can find eight minutes in the day to meditate. Okay. Um, that, but then there's even more. And then I have live meditation classes that I host as well. If you are ever interested in my live classes, you'll just come to classes and then you can select the type of class you're looking for or from that home page you could just click uh, the other white button I think it said like view I don't I don't know what the hell it said why don't we go see <laughs> send me telling you the wrong thing book live class okay when you hit that it shows you the different types of classes and then from there you can schedule yours okay but there are classes that I will put in the on-demand library that I don't do live classes for, okay? So, but if I do a live class, it goes to the on-demand. So that's why I just kind of point you to the on-demand because everything ends up there, everything that I teach. Okay, so if we go back real quick and then we'll get out of here. So we have that. If you're brand new to yin yoga, I've got a nice, simple seven day practice here for you. So you can take that seven day trial and you can see how you feel meditating daily, practicing yoga daily. Yin yoga is safe to practice every single day because you're just sitting or lying down in your postures for anywhere from three to five minutes. It's not as rigorous as other types of yoga, okay? Then we have beginner yoga collection, 30 minute flows, 50 plus minute flows. We've got yoga for celestial events. We've got holiday yoga. I'm building out yoga for the zodiac signs and I'm adding muscle toning classes. I'm also going to be adding bar classes very soon. Um, I'll be adding Pilates, but I'm gonna start with some Pilates workshops first. So yeah, lots of stuff, but I encourage you to start out with meditation and yoga. Grab the seven day trial, start meditating, start practicing, see how you feel. If you love it, stick around, grab a, with the seven day trial, then you have that monthly membership where you have access to everything in the on demand plus the live classes, okay? So this is a really awesome resource for you. Um, it's available anytime. So maybe, maybe you can't sleep one night. It's like 
three in the morning and you're like, you know what? I can't sleep, but I need to go to sleep. Look, do some yoga, you'll go to sleep because you'll be able to relax. Gotta relax, okay? So that's how I support my mental health. I used to be on antidepressants at one point because I was so overstressed and anxious and I just needed to get to a place where I could breathe and kind of reset and then make changes to my lifestyle. And now that I've made those changes, I am antidepressant free. I'm not telling you to get off of your meds, you know, work with your healthcare professional. But what I love about what I teach is you can practice this in addition to whatever healthcare plan you have going on with your provider. All right, so I will make sure that I put a link below for you to be able to get to the website. And if you are not sure about it, but you definitely wanna come into the fold, then I have a link below for you to pop into my Heartbeat community as well, which is my my free community there are places that are locked you know only for certain members but we've got all types of stuff in here and this is a way for you to be able to stay connected with me to know what's going on um, so that you are always in the loop okay so that is what I have for you today I hope that this video wasn't too long but most importantly I hope that it was informative and I really want to know your takeaways and seriously I would love to hear about your personal experiences I will respond to you if you do take the time to email me so you can email me glowupwithmc at gmail.com she's MC MC is me I love you you love you I love everybody else too. All we need is love and we definitely need more of it. You can never have too much. <laughs> All right, I am out of here, um, but I will see you tomorrow because we are rocking and rolling with this. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and ring that bell so you get notifications every time I upload something new. I do not want you to miss out. And um, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Stay safe, my love. Thanks for listening to Namaste Glowed Up with Monique Christine. Make sure that you check out today's show notes for all of the goodies that I mentioned. Just head over to glowupwithmc.com forward slash podcast. If you have feedback on today's episode, I would love to hear from you. So just email me at glowupwithmc at gmail.com and make sure you join me again next time for more glow up tips and strategies. Namaste. I'd always get